morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, near or far, high or low, you're listening to the Coach D Podcast and I'm very, very fortunate to have a special guest, a special athlete, um, someone who I think, um, honestly, I'm, I'm very intrigued to just, you know, learn a little bit more about his story and for the listeners just to really understand you know what it takes to you know perform at the highest level possible but listeners you know how we do on the coach d podcast we have to introduce the athlete the right way so without further ado let's get the tone set let's get my david stern on hold on listeners stepping on the court at six foot eight by way of los angeles california as a freshman was recognized as one of the top 100 junior college players in the country. He led his team to a Western State Conference Championship and was a Western State South Division Conference first team all league selection. He is a former San Diego State player who has played in the NBA G League for the LA Defenders and is now playing pro overseas in the Basketball Champions League. Listeners, give a warm welcome. Stepping on the court is Deshaun Stevens. That's love, man. That's love. I love you. That's love. That's love. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I mean, before we even get started, um, Deshaun, talk to me, man. I mean, in this, in this moment uh how's your physical and your mental right now uh it's pretty good i'm in a i'm in a pretty good place uh we're doing really well in our current season right now we're sitting in first place so that's a blessing (laughs) we're about to start playoffs i think in like a week a week and a half so uh just mentally preparing for that you know getting ready yes sir yes sir um i'm not gonna lie i'm at the gate um recording this um i mean i'm in a pretty good mood because uh one you know basketball here in london is finally starting to um open up which is a huge plus and number two uh the listeners already know how i rock with the chicago bulls we just got some nice trades so i'm feeling nice right now but that's a that's a whole other podcast you know but Yeah. yeah man i'm in a i'm in a very good mood but i mean man i mean just just before we get into you know the the player who you've become now and you still are becoming i mean if you could just take us back you know to uh you know a player who wasn't maybe as athletic you know a player who wasn't as tall you know just what the first time was like for you in terms of you know when you had the basketball in your hands for the very first time got you uh yeah i mean i've definitely had a uh i've had a unique story Coming up, I've I've always played basketball. I've always loved basketball um, ever since I was little. Probably, I think I think first grade, first grade, it's probably the first time I really picked up a basketball, and uh, I just enjoyed it. I enjoyed playing it all the time. You know, it was fun. Uh, especially growing up in LA, like I was always outside. I was always playing with my friends and just being in the city, running around. So. Uh, basketball was was something that i really enjoyed but um i never took basketball serious as like okay. an, an organ organized sport until i got out of high school actually mm-hmm. so um 
I was I was definitely a late bloomer when it comes to that. I was really short in high school. I was like a I think my sophomore year, my sophomore year going into my junior year, I was like five eleven, and then I I was like five eleven. I grew to like I grew to like six three, six four in like the next year, and then uh, yeah, it was was nuts, man. But uh, by the time I graduated, I was like six seven. I was like six 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 seven, and then once I got to six eight, it just stopped. See, so oh man, like just just before we even speak about you know what it's like growing up in um, LA for yourself, how did you have to adjust in terms of like a like it's 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 one thing you know having uh, a small growth spurt, but having a huge growth spurt where you're not having to kind of learn your learn how to move your body again if that makes sense in terms of you know being 5'11 you're moving a certain way jumping cutting and stuff like that and now you know to you know growth spurt to 6'3 to just 6'8 like how how did that feel for you in terms of just like adjusting um it was very different Mm. um like I like I said before I didn't really I don't really take basketball that serious. I just, I just like to play it. It was something. It was like a pastime, you know. Right. But um, when I hit, the, when I hit that growth spurt, uh, it changed the game for me. Like it, it made me start looking at basketball differently, and I, I honestly felt like I could do it, you know. Right. And um, before, obviously, I was shorter, so I never played inside. I never, I shot every jumper I can shoot (laughs) I shot jumpers uh, I never really learned about posting up and just you know the the fundamentals of basketball Uh, I just knew how to play street ball I just knew how to play at the park so um, by I think my senior year my senior year I tried out for the team but uh, I didn't make it on the team in high school so I was like okay uh I had, I had already got that feeling that I wanted to play organized basketball though. So mm-hmm. I went to a, this youth center that was like down the street from, from where I live in LA. My older sister used to go there. And uh, so I finally got a little older and I was able to go. And uh, I started playing basketball there. Okay. And then um, eventually I felt, I felt comfortable when I went to junior college, I just went to the coach's office and I was, talked to him I was like man I'm trying to play on the team and uh he told me to go to the open run and that that was it the rest is history from there I joined the team and then I just kept leveling up after that you see now you gotta paint the picture because I mean like here in London you know I've um said I've said this before in, in in terms of you know we obviously we love basketball here but we hear about mainly two main cultures of basketball you got New York, which is like hard, gritty, no blood, no foul, and one, they're going to trash talk, but back it up, just raw, tough players coming out of New York. Then you 
here, the LA side, you got the palm trees, the wind blowing, you got the beaches, everyone's in sandals, everyone's got a little bit of swag. Like it's not really far for you. <laughs> Take your time, you know what I mean? Just shoot, shoot the three, just run back on D. It's just like real humble, real chill. Yeah. So like you being immersed in that from a young age, I mean, what was it like, you know, growing up in that type of environment? And you know, what what was the basketball culture like? Yeah, that's uh, that's that's honestly something I didn't pick up until until later in life. Also, like uh, okay. once I started meeting more basketball players from from other cities and other areas, right. I realized that it's different. It's different basketball in, in other places. So uh, that's when I started realizing, like me being from LA, we're more we got swag to our game. We're more <laughs> finesse. You know, we're like. I, I don't know how to explain. I mean, we're skilled. We're skilled at the same time, but right, right. it's smooth for us. I don't. It's different. I don't, I don't know how to explain it. Yeah, I, I can yeah. just feel it. It's a, <laughs> right, it's, right. it's a feeling right. type of thing. Right. But um, now nah, it's definitely something. It's definitely something I picked up on. Uh, the more I started playing with other players from 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 other states and uh, just different areas of life. So um, I mean, growing up, it was it was something it took me some time to develop it because just because i was a late bloomer coming out okay but um i think my my biggest thing my biggest approach to basketball coming up was work like it was all about the grind like mm. i didn't understand the grind until i got to till i got to junior college when i got to junior college i actually had a i had a job i used to work at a i used to work at finish line i used to sell shoes okay so that was like I, I had an obsession. I still have an obsession with shoes. So <laughs> I had an obsession <laughs> right, with shoes. Right. So I was I was working there and and I didn't want to give up that at the same time because uh, growing up in LA, coming out of high school and stuff, you get a job at a shoe store. You you yeah. own, bro. You like it's you lit. lit. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so I was like, I'm not I'm not about to I'm not about to get oh, this job man. up and then. Uh, play back or well, in my mind I could do it both I was gonna I was gonna work at the shoe store and play basketball but then uh after a while coach my junior college coach started to see like uh my potential mm-hmm. which I didn't really see in myself as much but um I just knew I wanted to work hard but he um he saw a potential in me I guess and he basically came to me one day he's like bro you gotta quit your job He's like, you gotta put everything into this basketball stuff if you really want to be successful at it. And I was like, yeah. Tell him to leave my sneakers, coach. I was like, all right, man. So I, I quit. <laughs> exactly. I, I, I ended up quitting, man. And uh, I just put everything into basketball. That's when I started working out. I would work out in the morning before school, go to school, then I have practice and do like some light workouts after. It, it was. It just turned into like a serious grind, and right. that's when I that's when I kind of fell in love with the process. You see, this is this is um interesting because um I think um um and you know just you know fortunately with this podcast it just really opened my mind just in terms of what makes um you know athletes over in the states so different compared to the rest of the world and and especially here in london and um again this this, this is why i find the story so interesting is that um i think i was always under the impression like you know in in 
high school to college to the pros you're treated like a pro from high school or you know that type of lifestyle is introduced i feel like to the um athletes over in, in, in the states from a very correct from a um early stage but you kind of not um at the time tapping into that until a little bit later on you re reflecting now what would you say was kind of going on at the time that you know you didn't really take basketball as serious if that makes sense like was it the competition or just you just focusing on you know getting the latest sneakers or like you know like what would you say was the kind of contributing factors that at the time um wasn't really uh pushing for that if that makes sense that's a um that's a very great question uh honestly it's something that i try not to think about try not to i'm not a guy that likes to make excuses for things or okay. uh stuff like that but when i was when i was younger my father was murdered when i was like about five or six i believe oh, so i think yeah i i think i think having that absence in my life it's kind of a big deal. Right. Uh, right. I don't think it's it's not the whole equation, you know. Obviously, right. my mom did a great job raising me, and I love her, and she did everything that she was supposed to do. But um, sometimes, sometimes that's a uh, that's just a piece in a household that's necessary. Sometimes, right. But like, uh, especially the type of guy my dad was. He was like a bodybuilder, like wow. uh, he ran, I think oh, he, still has, he still That's has, he still has a, yeah, he still, uh, he, he still holds records at like Hollywood High School for track. He was a track star and uh, like stuff like that. I feel like he would have instilled that competitiveness in me early. Right. like at an earlier age and kind of made me want to compete mm -hmm. but um him not being there it was i never looked to compete you know i just right, right. like to have fun i just like to play and enjoy myself and be happy which was something that my mom always preached was for me to be happy me smiling and bringing positivity to the world so it's not like she was telling me anything wrong but uh i definitely think i didn't have that competitiveness in the house to where it drove me into sports like that at an early age and i have an older sister and she's not into sports either so um okay. it was really just me you know <laughs> right right <laughs> really just holding me. it down holding it down understood yeah understood now i mean oh man it's, i don't know it's just like la just fascinates me just in terms of but again i'm i'm curious <laughs> would you say like is 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 that because you kind of brought a very interesting perspective in terms of you know you kind of didn't realize the cloth you was cut from until you started to mingle and you know expose yourself to players from different backgrounds and different areas and um, i've always wondered and the reason why i'm asking it is, is because i remember when it's back in 2012 um i had the opportunity to coach the london regional team and we were playing against like, people from manchester like just different parts of you know the whole of the uk and i didn't know because you know you, you, me being born and raised in london you're in like a bubble all you're seeing is london basketball so you don't know how 
people outside of London are yeah. viewing you and it's only when I travelled up to Manchester and you're hearing coaches say oh you know London is all about street basketball and yeah I mean they can do crossovers but they ain't got the raw fundamentals I was like word I bet fellas here's, here's a, what we're going <laughs> to do right here like, we're going to show them like how we get down in London the right way you know and it was interesting to get that take on mm. okay so this is how they view London basketball so for yourself you know can that sometimes be a bit of a gift and a curse in terms of you coming from um la the outsiders looking in they look at you as ah oh, this person's too cool for school yeah he's got a jump shot but i don't know if he can bring the intensity he's, he's too laid back or that's not really the, the case for sure man for sure uh i mean you're you're a product of your environment so uh right whatever 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 you come up around whatever you see you know what i'm saying it's it's something you can either you either imitate or you just you just have it in your mind you know you've seen it before like uh like you were saying before i when i was younger all i knew was the lakers <laughs> all i knew was the lakers so i'm as i'm telling you as soon as as soon as kobe entered the league i was like in love i was in yeah. awe it was it was it was it I grew, I grew my little afro out. I was drinking Sprite. Like it was, it's just, it's just, it's just natural. That's just what happens. So um, I definitely think that's something that carries. I mean, I still to this day have that problem sometimes where like, you know, I don't know if you know, but us from LA, like we dance a lot. We like to, we yeah, like to make, groove yeah, and do all that. Yeah. So, <laughs> so like I'm dan- I'm dancing around, I'm dancing around in the locker room or before games. And yeah. I've I've had I've had some teams where coaches think I'm not taking the game serious because I'm smiling and dancing and stuff like that. But no, nah, that's just that's just me. That's just where I'm right. from. That's how we rock. So right, right. It's nothing different. It doesn't mean that I'm not motivated. You know what I'm saying? But right. It, it happens. That's a part of that's a part of stigmas. That's just something we gotta live with in life. I'm not really tripping on it. Right, right, indeed. In that. So I mean, just in terms of um just before we get into your college career and your pro career, um looking back, like for me, golly man, when I look at, you know, just you know, the player I was in high school. Uh, like I'll just have to put my 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 hands over my eyes. Like D, what was you doing, bro? Like, it, it was just because the, the thing is, you know what's crazy, right? And I don't think I've even gotten into it that much on the podcast. Like my jump shot was a bit of a late bloomer, you know, in terms of because my most of my shot is mainly all upper body strength. So in high school, as crazy as this sounds and how this might look i never used to jump for sure like it would literally just be mm. upper body like i'm shooting a free throw and mm. i would look at people jumping on their shot like they're foreign like wh- what are they doing so like my my <laughs> my jump shot came a long way and just in terms of how i was as a high school player it was i mean i could i could make a few jump shots but my driving was a myth like just non-existent my defense wow. was not too bad but you know when i look at my high school self it was just not as great so i'm very curious to see i mean you go through your growth spurts but you competing in high school you know how would you describe your game back then um back in high school yes 
Uh, it was trash. I took. <laughs> it was it was trash, man. I I I, I had this conversation with people a lot, and um, even even with college, even with college, when we talk about college, sometimes I'm like, man, it's crazy how I can look back and look at how I played in college and just how my career was. Uh, it's crazy how you can turn into like a complete different player oh, when you go Teddy, to man. another level, you know. But um, the more I play, the more I grow, the more I learn, I realize that at the end of the day, it's just all mental. Everything that we, everything that we go through is mental. Right. So um, everything that changes for us when we get better at our jump shots, when we... Uh, you know, get a tighter handle or whatever the case is. It's just our mental adjusting to our growth. You know, yes. we're, we're learning things every day. So um, the more we learn, the better we get. Indeed. So um, I think that's all it is. I mean, when you look back, you weren't, we weren't really bad. We were okay, but, <laughs> but um, right. Right. yeah, we just, we just, we just learned more and now we're at another level. Mm-hmm. Uh, you wish that it can happen quicker. Some people it happens quicker. Right. Some people it doesn't, but um, I've never been a guy to analyze time too much like that. So uh, I just try and continue to grow every day. Indeed, indeed. Now, I mean, I feel like, you know, every, every player, man, you know, especially in basketball, where there's that moment where it clicks whether it was a it was a step back three, it was a Kyrie crossover, it was a Kobe turnaround fade, it was a dunk, a block, you know, that moment where the crowd's like, yeah, like, 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 there was that moment that clicked where you knew that, hey, like, I'm I'm built for this basketball, you know, so, like, if you could just take us back, or, or, or it could have even been something recent, but for yourself, Deshaun, man, like, when was the moment you realized that, Oh, okay. Like, like you know, I'm I'm pretty nice at this basketball. Respectfully. <laughs> uh, respectfully. <laughs> uh, um, man, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna keep it G with you. I feel like I have that every year. Oh, talk that talk, talk that like talk. I, yes, sir. I, I feel like I had those. I feel like I had those moments every year. Every year it gets better and better. Every year. That's beautiful. Man. I talk to myself more and more. I'm like, hey, <laughs> I'm that guy. I'm like that. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> stop playing this song because I'm I feel like it happens every year. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah, man. Every, every year, uh, every year, I try and take something different that I can get that much better at or tweak a little bit. But, um, mm. yeah, man. Uh, I wish I can give you just one, maybe a. Uh, Maybe um maybe at the Drew. I'll say at the Drew. Oof. I played in the Drew League like like uh that might have been like twenty it was recently. It was probably like twenty fifteen. Okay. Maybe twenty fifteen, twenty sixteen, okay. something like that. I, I played against so uh who was it? I think it was uh it was a team with a lot of league players. Um, might have been MHP. It might have. It might have been uh, Nick Nick Young's team. Okay. But they had gang of players. But we were cooking. 
Like, mm. we was hooping. Right, <laughs> right, we was right. hooping. I think I had, I had something. I forgot what it was. You know, I had, I had like twenty on a, uh, on a uh, big baby too. Oh that was my another. Gosh. That's another little comp. It's another little confidence boost. Oh now, my gosh. now I'm now I'm not going. I'm not going to guess it. He had about twenty seven on the other side, but Yeesh. <laughs> Yeesh. okay, okay. He's a, he's a lead guy. He's a lead right. guy. So that was that was one of the that was a tough battle for me because I was personally like me and him. I was guarding him most of the game. He was guarding me most of the game. So it was that was a fun that was a fun experience. But um, it's it's like. I take little experiences like that and adapt them into my my season. So I bring that with me right. when I come back overseas, and then I just adjust it to there. But right. um, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of those. I don't think it's I don't think I have one moment that did right. it, but I have a lot of little moments. Okay, okay, mixtape coming soon, y'all. Mixtape coming soon. <laughs> yes, <Yeah, Well>, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, now, I mean, just, you know, speaking about your college career, I think just before we get into it, like, in terms of what you know now, you know, making that transition from high school to college, um, you know, what are just some of the tips that you just want athletes to be aware of when, you know, making that transition and maybe, you know, speaking on things that, um, you know, isn't spoken about a lot that probably should be? Um... Uh, I would say I would say the work like the process Mm. Uh, but with that being said there's a lot of kids now that's already in love with that process like really early like high school middle school kids grinding like working out with pros every day but um I think that's one of the biggest things is is falling in love with that process early, like just understanding the little things it takes to be great. Like, of course, of course, everybody wants to make a buzzer beater. Everybody wants to take the last shot and be that guy. But if you could fall in love with the little workouts, the the morning workouts, the the weightlifting, the all the little extra stuff, man, it it could take your game so far like you can't even imagine and that's that's something that took me a while to understand i mean i always did it i was always a hard worker i was always uh waking up for anything like i i I love to go to the workouts but it was it was i was doing it because i needed to okay i wasn't doing it because i wanted to so it was it was a difference right when you when you can get up and do it because you know you want to do that that's Mm -hmm that's where that elite player comes out that, that's that's where you get tough there we go see oh man I, I'm, I'm so grateful that you said that and um uh, see, I, oh man it's it's so important you know I think um even for myself as a coach you know um I can get blinded by the the highlight I mean there, there's a bunch of hoop mixtape ballers life documentaries on you know the player dunking hitting that crossover mm-hmm. and you know I feel like we're kind of um at a time where you know the the fans and even players want to hear about your games then hear about your scrimmages you know just in in terms of you know (laughs) you know (laughs) for real because like um it's crazy like just uh don't get me wrong that's the end goal you know holding that trophy holding that Mm -hmm. medal 
you know, playing for a high-level team. But I think the the journey is is so important in in terms of you know going through adversity. That's what you know um, proves if you're built for this or not, and you learn so much more about yourself going through that process. So I mean, what you said was absolutely spot on. But I don't know, like for yourself, when you look at the game now. And just what you know, some of these uh, high schoolers are being exposed to. Um, I mean, and you—you you did mention that you know there's a lot of them that are in love with the process and you know the small things. But you know, for the other amount that kind of want that quick—I don't want to say quick fame, but they want that quick return of investment. Um, why do you think they look in that direction? But also, what do they need to kind of take into consideration for the long term? And to have longevity as an athlete, um, I definitely think I definitely think it's this social media. Social mm. media is a gift and a curse, right? Um, because honestly, the 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 way kids are promoted on social media nowadays is great. It's crazy, mm. like right. if. Like if I if I had that coming up, oh, it, uh, it, it changes everything, you know. <laughs> right. Even even when it comes to like recruiting and just getting your name out there, it, it changes everything. Mm-hmm. But um, I also think it's a curse because they fall into looking at what everybody else has and what they're doing and what they want to imitate, and they're chasing something else instead of locking in and focusing on themselves you know right i think that's that's a that's an issue um because honestly uh when i i think when my game changed was i'll never forget i think it was 2014 2014 2015 or something like that i uh i finally started reading like I was never a big reader. I didn't. I didn't like to read unless okay. it was unless it was for unless it was for school, obviously. But right, right. Uh, I was never a big reader, and I picked up uh, the Mindful Athlete by George Mumford. My that's my favorite book, all time favorite book at the moment. Um, that's my guy too. I I text him. He sends me that's videos about about mindfulness and just nice. mentally being. Here, being present, you know. The mindful and, um, athlete, you said. Mindful athlete, okay. mindful athlete by this George Mumford. Check that out, man, for sure. Amazing book, bro. It it just it basically locks in on how to how to maximize your your mental when you're playing okay. basketball or any any sports. It, it can adapt to anything in life, honestly. Right. But um, it it opened up to it opened up my mind to how how important mentally being here is mm-hmm. like yes, everywhere being yes, present and uh i think it changed my game tremendously and every year i get better and better at it i lock more i lock in more um i'm learning how to block out noise and just really focus in when i need to focus in uh, i try and meditate too little stuff like that i mean that's obviously yes. something that you pick up along the road but um I definitely think things like reading and just strengthening your mind is something that 
we need to teach the kids earlier mm, so that they well can they, they can get that yeah. quickly that's not that's that's oh man that's spot on man you think oh man i feel like i just want to throw away my talking points and just like get into the <laughs> topics no, i love it because you're 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 really bringing about some great um topics just in terms of you know i mean I'm, damn i mean during this pandemic um because you know i think Ooh. me and me and shooting is like before <laughs> We was like distant cousins but now like each year it's like we're becoming you know much more closer to, to the point where we're like you know brother and sister now like it's um you know Dope. i i i really say that because you know i think i was you know introduced to shooting and taught it backwards if that makes sense in terms of you know when you shoot the ball it's different from how you would dribble or how you would pass when in actuality it's the same if you can make a one-handed pass you know in terms of you know your elbow locks up your wrist locks up and then when you fully mm -hmm. extend your elbow and wrist is snapping at the same time it's the same thing with shooting but you're just changing the angle and mm -hmm. the trajectory of the shot and if i was like damn that makes so much sense now but if I was taught that earlier, I probably yeah. would have been that much more of a better shooter. I probably would have made the game winner against Akin Bloody. But we ain't gonna get into man. that one as well. But <laughs> um, like, you know, just <laughs> <laughs> like just in, in terms of, you know, how you was coming up, like, you know, you not starting reading until 2014. Is there any other elements of, you know, teaching the sport of basketball that you, you, you know, when you think about it now, that was taught backwards, would you say? Um, not really. Pro I mean, yeah, it's, I, I still think it's that that reading thing. Mm -hmm. Um, just just learning how to use your mental. I think. Um, I think growing up, gr at least me growing up, I was taught a lot just about the work and about like uh, working harder than the other, working this, working that. Mm -hmm. And I get so that. Cute. That's that's definitely that's definitely a part of it. But um, I wish I would have been told about the mental aspect of basketball a lot sooner. Right, right. Understood. Understood. Now, I mean, making that jump from you know high school to college is you know, I mean, as you mentioned, it's a, it's a whole nother level. You have to really be dedicated. And you know, for some, they told me they kind of learn the business side you know of basketball sure. you know, and um <laughs> you know, <laughs> like you <laughs> you um competing at san diego state you know when you just look back at your time there man i mean you know how would you describe you know your experiences um you know how you made that adjustment the transition and you know how that developed you for the next level um i learned significantly mm -hmm. a lot at uh, san diego state i think coach fisher is still to this day the best coach i've ever had nice. um, he he taught me i think the biggest thing that i learned at san diego state was coach fisher taught character he taught how to you know everything outside of basketball we know how to play basketball we're right. all there for a reason to right. play basketball you know so uh he was big on outside 
he was big on class and uh how we carried ourselves in the airport and just all the all the all the outside stuff of basketball and uh i think that was the biggest that was the biggest thing that i learned from being there is um just how to carry myself in life pretty much and um defense of course (laughs) (laughs) defense of course San Diego State is a defensive college. Yes, and I learned majority of my principles there. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm an elite defender. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. See, and I, see, that's that's another thing I feel like that doesn't really get taught about um, too much, just in terms of you know defense mm. and you know the technique and the energy that's, and that's a lost effort. art form, man. Oh yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. I'm telling you, that is a lost art form. I'm telling you now. I mean. I mean, you, you've pretty much um, answered the question just in, in terms of, you know, the, the importance of character and, you know, making that link, you know, how you um, portray yourself or how you display yourself when you play basketball is, you know, how you show yourself outside of basketball, you know, like you were saying, how your coach would, you know, teach you how to conduct yourself when you're in the airport, when you're around the court and when you're dealing with people and things like that. So, I mean, you kind of getting your first... Um, experience you know playing pro basketball at the g league i mean um first off you know be before we even speak about your time with the um la defenders um how did um how did that you know training camp how 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 did that process come about uh that was actually crazy i didn't even go to training camp i was um (laughs) oh man I was, sure got it like uh, that. Okay, I see. I, was, I see. <laughs> nah, nah. I'm um obviously, obviously, I was an LA kid, so right. um they were familiar with me already. But um, I had, I had had some workouts. I had worked out with the Lakers before, and the Clippers actually. I used to go to like uh, they had this open run a couple of times and I used I knew a couple of the coaches from the open runs so they've seen me before they've uh they've seen me before and uh I was in Japan that year and um I I left Japan like halfway in the season maybe it was like a it was it was late it was like January or something or February okay. I left really late in the season but um when i came back home when i came back home uh i guess the defenders called my agent and um they were they had a slot open or a couple slots i don't really know how many it was but long story short he told me did i want to play in the duty i was like of course what do you mean and uh, <laughs> right. so we went uh i went i had like i had like two workouts with them they uh they brought me in for like two workouts just to see how i was with the guys and uh, pretty much where I was at, and um, they they took me right away. Like as soon I had two workouts, and then I was pretty much there every day. For uh, they just started. They told me to come in for practice, 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 and then they announced they announced that I was that they were picking up my contract. Like uh, I was already practicing for like a month already with them, so, <laughs> but uh, they just hadn't announced it. But um. When they finally announced it, I got to suit up, and it was like, it was crazy, man. It was a, that was like a, that was a big deal for me, cause uh, yeah, obviously so. growing up in LA, right. uh, 
when when the news when the news came out, it was like crazy. Everybody was hitting my phone. Everybody <laughs> messaging me on IG, on Facebook, and everything. They're like, "Oh, oh man, you're like you're right there." I'm like, man. I wasn't trying to look at it that way. Right, I was right. I was just very excited about the opportunity and uh being able to play and get as many minutes as possible. Um but it was it was an experience, man. I learned a lot um especially from all the guys I got to play with like Vander Blue and Dewan Blair. Mm-hmm. And uh I mean David David Nwaba, he's he's still in the league now. Yep. Um it was cool, man. Andre um Andre Ingram, he was he was great. He played with the defenders for like eleven years. It was crazy. I used to talk to him. I used to talk to him after practice, and I was just like, "Bro, how do you do it? (laughs) How do you how do you stay?" But uh, that's crazy. He told me. He said. He said he just wanted to stay down. Like he he felt comfortable there, and his. I mean, he had his family there, so he was um, good. And then like. The next, the next couple months, he got the he got the call up, yep. and I was like, "Wow!" <laughs> I was like, "Yo, bro!" I was so happy for him. I was so happy for him. I hit him up. I was like, "Bro, it was all worthy." Like, right, right. Yeah, everything see, paid off. He's a hard worker too. Oh man. Oh, see, and that's something like I just I just love hearing those types of stories because I mean, if you if you don't know then you know sometimes you can wrongfully assume in terms of yeah you hear about the gd but you know who's really come from there or is it as competitive and stuff like that but i mean from from what i'm hearing it's damn near just as competitive and if more than anything this might be a hot take i might be dropping out the window but i mean i just feel like i don't know if I can even word it in the right way but you know I think there's there's some players who's reached the NBA level excuse me and they're comfortable they're 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 kind of um not trying to push to win a chip or not trying to push for anything they're kind of just comfortable they're just they enjoy the lifestyle that's it but when you're kind of you know punching up if that makes sense that you're really trying to whether it's fight for a spot or just you know you're, you're you're in that grind like i just feel like you're just sharpening that iron and you're just sharpening your tool so that when you are put in that position to perform at the next level you're more than ready you know for sure i I definitely think uh i definitely believe that there's some complacent guys in the league yes Um, right right but with that with that being said they're they are extremely talented. A, a lot sure. of a lot Very of people, sure. a lot of people don't understand. Like even those guys that are on the bench in the league are Say that again. good. Very Say that good. Again, sure, <laughs> and, man. I think some people get and, twisted. And some people man. and some people don't. Some people don't get it. Like I hate sometimes when I'm on social media and I see people saying, "Oh." Uh, this guy's trash, this guy's trash. Like, bro, if you guys seen him in the gym, he's going to bust. Like, (laughs) you can't do anything. Like, the, uh, the, the Scalabrini video that just came out where the, the high school kids, like, like, bro, he's a vet. (laughs) He's an NBA vet, bro. 
you're talking crazy to this guy. Like it, it just, it just makes no sense. But um, I get. I mean, I get it. It happens. Kids gotta have that competitive nature early. Right. But at the same time, I'm a realist, man. So I'm, a, I'm gonna keep it G. Right. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I know, I know where my competition is coming from, and I'm not gonna talk crazy to him. But, but nor am I gonna hold anything back. I'm gonna go at you too. But I'm not gonna talk crazy like you're not an NBA vet, though. That's that's out of pocket. I think right. I think that's where respect comes in. But right. um, anyway, that's that's off topic. <laughs> that's off topic. Uh, no, nah, yeah, I, I definitely think uh, I definitely think the G League is extremely tough because uh, you gotta understand that those that's everybody trying to get in the league, and they're mm-hmm. literally that that step from the league. So everybody's right. going at each other's neck every single night, right. and it's I, I think I think it's super tough. I think it's super tough. I love it though. It's right. it's like it's like college, but without the school. Right. <laughs> <laughs> just like the NCAA, just without the school. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now, I mean, this this next chapter, I'm just excited to speak about with, with you because, um, you know, in terms of international basketball here in London, that's introduced from early. You know, I think maybe damn, like 15, 16, I already knew about. Um, you know, obviously you have the NBA, NCAA, but I knew a, a lot more about Olympic basketball, FIBA, Basketball Champions League, EuroLeague, mm. men's and women's from early because one, um, at the um, at the time you had those teams coming to play over in the O2 and, you know, like our nations like GB would be competing or trying to qualify to compete in those leagues so you know international basketball is kind of like our next door neighbors and that even um affects you know the player pathway in terms of here you might have a player who's playing at a high level um you know get the scholarship to play d1 college play pro overseas before he gets to the nba or they might just stay and be happy and content i'm hooping in europe so for yourself um you know when you thought about taking your talents overseas um you know what what was your knowledge like of basketball outside of the US it's crazy because I knew nothing right I I I knew absolutely nothing Mm -hmm. I didn't understand I didn't understand how important international basketball was until I came over here to play basketball um that's when i realized how that's when i realized how crazy the olympics is and how invested it really is like the entire yeah, world is a part of the olympics it's it's, it's crazy to me i st- still to this day like uh to analyze that is is just crazy some of my teammates here uh like i talked to them about going with the national team i think we had like three we had like three or four players go with their leave and go with their national teams right and um i was talking to them i'm like man that that's got to feel amazing like going to play for your country like this is like there's one team for your country and they chose you like that's that's, that's huge yeah it just seems it seems it seems like an honor like it's it's crazy i've i've never had the the pleasure but uh, that that's a uh, that's huge i think right. i think it's i think it's huge and um it's something that i never really knew about aside from 
uh, aside from growing up and seeing our seeing the Americans go play in the Olympics, I mean, we knew that, but obviously USA used to smack teams by right. like 50. <laughs> right. So yeah, we never, so so I never like. I never thought of it as being competitive, you know? I just looked mm. at it like, oh, they're about to go smack all these countries. But when you go out there, when you go, when I go out here and get to see it firsthand, mm-hmm. there is some hoopers Different all around color. the world. Talk about it's, it, it's, it's dope. Right. It is, it is dope. It's dope to see everything for real. Right, right. See, this is why, uh, I'm not gonna lie, uh, when it was the FIBA World Cup in China, I think this was 20, was that 2019? I think it was 2019 i think um and i saw mm-hmm. the usa roster and i was like okay so no kd no Kyrie, no superstar you just got like you know you got some young athletic pieces but i ain't go front to sean like like you say i'm gonna keep oh, it all the way g i'm gonna keep it all the way g right if this <laughs> young <laughs> if this young roster destroy some of the best players in the world that are grown men that play euro that that play at high level i'm gonna be pissed like there's no way these kids who have been in the league for like three years are smacking up teams who have like pros that be playing for longer than they've been you know so i was i was i was happy to to you know see the us you know not take it all the way there and i can already tell the conversation yeah, they struggle. The podcast is they struggled that time forgive me <laughs> yeah <laughs> they did struggle but i mean like because i think it's i find it fascinating and even sometimes here in london you know because i get geeked when you know the olympic basketball starts to happen because i know players in spain different types and just to see them hoop and stuff and they can play at a high level but for some it's like oh man why do you watch that man that's 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 boring you know you would say he's gonna win it but no like and and i'm sure you know you, you can speak more to this in, in in terms of and the 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 leaps that european and just international basketball that has you know the 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 leap that is taken is huge and the fact that you know there's there's always that comparison of um you know, USA basketball versus European basketball, what the similarities are and the differences are. But, you know, you experiencing it firsthand, um, you know, when you first arrived, like, what was some of the culture shocks? What was some of the things that kind of surprised you when you was kind of training with the teams and hooping with them? Man, it was a different experience every single year. <laughs> every year. Um, but obviously, obviously, the biggest thing was the the language. The language barrier was insane when I first uh, my first year out. I actually went to Japan, so that was that's incredible. Huge. That was tough. I couldn't I couldn't read anything. You know their language is extremely tough so right. um, it, it was different man when I got there my phone didn't work I couldn't use, you know you can't use your American phone it was you know I'm fresh out of college I was <laughs> I was ready to go back home right. I was ready to go back home immediately after the first month after like the first month I was like man I gotta go home I, I didn't think this was for me but um I stuck it out and uh like I like like uh like I said before it's 
after a while, my experience started to grow and I started to understand more. And, you know, I'm used to it now. But, um, yeah, one, one of the biggest things that still takes me time to adjust is, is language barriers. Right. right. That's always the toughest. Man, oh man. How are you um, adjusting to the... Well, I mean... Not re- not really more so now, but I think another thing that surprised me was um, I, th- I thought the NBA crowd was loud. <laughs> you go to a game mm. in Europe, you'll think you're watching a football game packed. They got drums, they Yo. got tambourines. It is crazy Yo, over there. I, so for yourself, how was that, man? <laughs> I thought uh, I thought playing in college was lit. Ooh, <laughs> ooh. Oh my gosh. I thought playing in college was lit, man. When I went to um we have some we have some great crowds in Japan too, but when I went to my first team in Europe, which was uh in Turkey with Bombit, and it was uh the Euro Cup team, yep. that that was that was an experience for me. That was insane. I've never <laughs> seen crowds like that. They had the popping flares in yeah. the middle of the game they <laughs> yeah. got smoke all over the place and fans throwing stuff on the court for yeah. no reason i was like this is crazy <laughs> and uh i mean it, it just kept it kept growing everywhere i went israel had crazy fans right um italy was in italy was intense france i played in france too france was great I love France, actually. That was that was a uh, one of my favorite countries to play in. That's what's up. Um, yeah, the the fan the fan base in in Europe is insane. Right, right. Is, I love it though. So it's, it's very exciting. Right. It's very right. exciting. When I was in Israel, I had little kids. I had little kids running up on me at the mall, cussing oh, me out. Man. No, wait, wait, wait. Oh, wait a minute. That took a left. Cussing me out because they were going like, uh, to say, hey, good shot. No, they were cursing at you. That's crazy. Nah, bro. Nah, I had little kids. I had little kids cursing at me because I played on the other team. Because out there, I guess the uh, they have like they have Maccabi teams yes. and they have Capoel yeah. teams, right. and I guess right. it's like a. I guess it's like a government thing. I don't know, but either you're Maccabi or you're Hopewell. Right, and, right. <laughs> and they don't mess with the other side. So, man, kids running up on me at the mall, <laughs> saying all types of stuff in Hebrew. I don't know what they were saying. I was like, oh, this is crazy, bro. <laughs> this is crazy. Oh, yeah, fans in Europe are different. It's, it's it's dope, though. It's, it's definitely dope. That's what's up. That's what's so I mean, I think the the next thing that I have to ask is, I mean, your your passport must have stamps from everywhere around the world. And when you think about just you know, damn, like me being so great at this sport, you know, it's just taking me to places that I never would have imagined. Like I used to look at these places on postcards or stamps or posters. Now I'm actually in these countries and walking the streets and you know feeling the vibe of the city you know just in terms of you being well traveled how has it in some ways you know just shaped your view on the world it's it's really crazy that you ask that because i just posted i just posted something on my story like maybe four days ago okay (laughs) showing showing my uh 
my passports because I'm on my second passport now. And um, it's incredible. And I was just I was sitting back looking at him, and I'm like, wow, I'm in my second passport, man. And when I was <laughs> when, I, when I was younger, man, I didn't even. I didn't even think about leaving California. Like I never, (laughs) I never, I never visualized, I never visualized leaving California. So, uh, just to look back and see how far I've gone now is, is kind of insane. It's, it's, it's still, it's still tough to fathom sometimes because it's crazy when I talk about it with other people, especially people back at home. And it's like, uh, I seem foreign. I seem foreign in some of my conversations. Like I'm talking about these other countries and I'm talking about other countries and just other experiences that some people back at home obviously haven't had the chance to uh, endeavor. And it's like, wow, it still grasses me, man. It's still still weird. Still weird, (laughs) but it's a a blessing, though. It's, It's definitely a blessing. Indeed. Indeed. Now, I mean, ooh, would you say you're a different player in, in, in terms of, you know, you hooping in the States versus, you know, when you put on a jersey from overseas? Are you still the same player or, or are you a completely different player? Um, hmm. It's tough. Uh, I'm not sure. I think uh, I think me as a player personally, I'm a I'm a system player. Okay. So um, I think I adjust to the circumstances. Right. So uh, depending on what that team needs from me or what that coach is asking me for, that's what I um, emphasize. That's what I bring to the table. Um, I feel like I can do everything on the floor. Nice. I think I could be a, a very um, what is it called? Switch switch knife or okay, whatever it's called. Understood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, understood. Um, yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think I think I could do I think I could do everything on the floor personally. Um, but like if I go on certain teams, like say my my D League team, we had certain players that were quote unquote the scorers or um our shooters mm-hmm. our points so there was things I didn't need to do on the floor they were, like it wouldn't contribute to us winning it would just mm-hmm. contribute to destruction right. so right. if my coach needs me to screen and roll hard and rebound then I'm going to be the best player on the floor to screen and roll and rebound. That's the way I look at it normally. So um, uh, when I go back home and I play in open gyms and workouts and stuff, that's when I work on everything. That's when I just hoop and do whatever I want. But um, when it comes to making making my money, you know what I'm saying? I got to, I adjust to my system. I adjust to what's needed. Right. So, um, that that I think that's the type of player I am, if I analyze it from the outside. But um, yeah, man, it, let, let it be clear, I do it all though. Right, <laughs> I'm a three, I'm a three level player. Yes, sir. Whether people believe it or not, I'm a three level player. So, yes, sir. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely think that that would be me analyzing my game though. See, I think, and, and oh, man, I think that's what 
makes you so good at what you do and you know that's uh i mean truly that's a reflection of the level of professionalism that you have you know and i i, I, I see it a lot and i'm quite fortunate that i'm in a spot where i can you know just help guide some of these um athletes of today in terms of they ask me you know coach like i can't score you know how do i contribute to my team and i'm like in my thoughts i'm like scoring is just one aspect of basketball you know you can you can like you said set screens play defense rebound pass get guys open call the right plays communicate let me know that screen's coming left or right and i think um even you know with my coach i'm just really teaching the decision making just as much as the skills you know because i think in you know whether it's the nba and especially in europe the amount of teams that i've seen get iq whipped like is is crazy just in terms of the angle of the screen how to attack on a pick and roll are they hedging are they blitzing are they switching you know like what are some of the things that they're doing so for yourself you know just as a pro you know how how important do you think decision making is but also you know how how important athletes need to think basketball just as much as playing it 100 percent it's it's the most important thing i think mm-hmm. um every time i see myself get better it's because my iq is better not because right. i'm physically better right. my iq just gets a lot better the the i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna say the three best players in the world have sure. the highest iq the highest basketball iq ever Co- kobe Kobe, Jordan, and Braun have the greatest IQ in basketball. Yes, sir. And that's what made them the type of players that they are. Right. When I hear when I hear players in interviews talking about LeBron, how he calls other people's plays out yeah, that's insane. in the that's middle insane. of the game yeah. and stuff like that, like bro, that's that's a different IQ. That's why mm. he's LeBron. That's why he plays the way he does. Let alone he's a freak athlete and right. he's just out of this world his IQ is ridiculous he's the mm. smartest player on the floor and that's what that's what turns him into that the animal right I think that's what it is I think IQ right. is the biggest the biggest aspect of basketball indeed indeed right just before we um wrap up we're gonna enter the third quarter which I like to call the quick hitter segment so I'm just gonna ask you some questions and see mm. where you're at with them so the first one Deshaun is um, what would you say is a skill that is taught by many but only mastered by a few oh taught by many but only mastered by a few communication Mm. Mm. why do you mean that communication um I think a lot of people there's a lot of people in the world that like to talk, right. but aren't saying anything. <laughs> right, right. There's a lot of people that like to talk, but they're not saying anything. So, people, we need to figure out how to use our words wisely. You know, like right, right, <laughs> speak right. when we need to speak, or or say things that needs to be said. Sometimes we we waste our breath with a lot, especially. Again, with this social media stuff, everybody mm-hmm. feels like their opinion 
should be heard. I think it's beautiful that social media gives everybody a platform to voice their opinions, but right. sometimes you ain't got to voice your opinion all the time. Right. Like, sometimes sure. it doesn't need to be heard. Right. So I think communication is a, I think communication is a big thing in all aspects of life, basketball, sports in general. Understood. Understood. Next one is the best piece of advice you ever received. Best piece of advice. Wow. Um, you know, it's crazy and it's going to sound very basic. Uh, is my mom told me to smile. Mm. That's key. I think that's the... I think that's the best thing I've ever heard in my life is, is, yeah. is smile, man. Uh, yes, regardless, sir. regardless of what's going on, yes, sir. Keep your head up, man. regardless of any trials and tribulations that you're going through, right. just smile, man. Other people have it a lot worse than you do. Very life true. can be a lot worse. So uh, just smile and move on to the next thing. I don't, I don't see a point in being sad. Understood. It gives me wrinkles anyway. So uh, <laughs> just smile. I love it. I love it. Okay, uh, next one. If it wasn't for basketball, I wouldn't have learned filling the blank about myself. Mm. Oh. Uh, wow. If it wasn't for basketball, I would not have learned. Yes. Um... Wow, that's a great one. Uh, I think. Um, oh, you know what? Living in the present. Mm. Oh, I would have never learned how to be present. Um, I think that's something. I think that's something that I've. I'm still working on, obviously. Right. But, same, um, same. I'm a lot better. I'm a lot better today than ever before at living in the present, like um, not letting things from my past uh, drag along with me and um, kind of just looking at things as lessons and just moving on from them. I'm not not ever worried about anything in the past. It doesn't affect me anymore. Once it happened, it happened. I'm on to the next. So uh, I think... I think basketball has definitely taught me how to live in the present. Nice. Nice. Understood. And the last one before we get to the fourth quarter is what would the title of your autobiography be? Mm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yikes. <laughs> I should say yikes. <laughs> That's uh, maybe... That's deep. <laughs> oh, biography, huh? I think uh, it'd probably be smile. Mm. Probably be smile. That's just it. Just smile. Got you. <laughs> Got you. Got I you. preach that a lot, so and I, I smile a lot. So yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Okay, bet. So the fourth quarter, just before we wrap up, uh, we're gonna have a little bit of fun. Uh, what I do with my guests is. Um, I give them 10 seconds to name five things. So, for example, I might say to Sean, I'm going to give you 10 seconds to name uh, five NBA teams. And when you hear 
the countdown, which should be starting Ten, now. Nine, That's when you could just start seven, listing them off. Six. Oh, okay, okay. As soon yeah. as the, as soon as the countdown starts. Right, right. That pressure's on. <laughs> Let's get it. <laughs> Let's get it. <laughs> okay. So the first one, we're gonna start off nice and easy. So. Sean, I'm going to give you 10 seconds to name five NBA players. Easy. Kobe, LeBron, Jordan, KD, Giannis. Easy money. Easy money. We started strong. Okay, let's get it. Next one. 10 seconds to name five NBA teams. Nine, Lakers, eight, Clippers, seven, Denver Nuggets, six, Utah Jazz, five, Chicago Bulls. Four, hey, you know what? You know what I love? <laughs> you know what I love? I the first two I, was Lakers first. <laughs> yes, <Clippers>. sir. <laughs> I love that. Remember the order. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Oh, okay. I'm going to give you the heads up. Okay. I'm going to communicate that there's a screen coming from the right early. This third one is where some of the guests have fumbled a bit because they're, oh. they're, they're, they're not really that knowledgeable of it. But I think with your expertise, this one you should be able to get. So Ooh. let's see how you do. Let's see how you do. Okay, so Deshaun, 10 seconds to name five NBA coaches. Oh, oh my God. Okay. Nine, Phil Jackson. Eight, yes, sir. Uh, seven, pop. Yep. Six, Doc. Yep. Five. Four. Van Gundy. I got the four. I got the four. I got the four. Damn. That's, that's tough. <laughs> that's tough. That's the sideline. Sideline play for sure. <laughs> okay. Next one, 10 seconds to name five international players in the NBA. Oh, okay. 10, 9, uh, Jokic, 7, uh, Luka, yes, sir. 5, uh, 4, 3, 2. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I lost them. I lost them. I started thinking of old players. The old players count? Yes. They do. Ah, oh, man, I could have it. Dirk Ginobili. Oh, yes, sir. Tony Parker. Great. <laughs> I had oh. them ready, but I didn't know if it was active NBA players. <laughs> so great. Okay. Last two. These two should be easy because it's really down to your preference. So, last two. Let's finish strong. I'm going to give you 10 seconds, Sean, to name, to give me your top five players of all time. Hmm. Okay. 10, 9, Kobe, eight, yep. Jordan, seven, LeBron, yep. 6, 5, Shaquille, three, 3, 2, uh, one. <laughs> <laughs> That last spot, tough man. That last spot, tough man. I, st- I still don't know who got the last spot to keep a Jewish truth. Uh, I hear you. I you, know hear who's you. Creep- you know who's creeping up to that spot? Honestly, is uh is Steph. Steph's mm, really like undeniable. He's 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 tough. Yeah. Oh, oh, I didn't say KD. No way. Ooh, okay. KD, <laughs> KD's my guy. Strong. KD's, KD's, he's it. Strong. 
Okay, last one. Let's finish it off. Okay, so Sean, I'm gonna give you 10 seconds to name five artists that get you hyped before a game. Oh yeah, let's get it. Ten, nine, uh, Drake, yes, sir. Nipsey, Six, uh, I listen to Chris Brown, four, yes sir. Uh, uh, future yep. Hey, that's a fine playlist already, bro. He said, Nip, come on, man. Come <laughs> yes, on, sir. Man. Gotta go continues. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I I'll love listen it. to uh I'll listen to some R and B music too. That's why I say Chris. That's nice. my guy. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that's what's up. That's what's up. I mean, all the info is gonna be in the description, but Sean, talk to me for the listeners that want to check you out, follow your journey. Where can they find you? Uh, I mean, obviously, IG uh, at dstevens23. Um, I got Twitter, all that. I mean, sometimes I use it, sometimes I don't. I definitely very active on my IG. Um, I mean, there's YouTube. I'm still playing in our Champions League is over for us, but you can always pull stuff up. And, uh, yeah, we're about to get in the playoffs. Brock and Bears, Denmark. Let's get and, uh, it. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, get a championship in a couple of weeks. So uh, I'll get back at you about that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Fingers crossed. Right, listeners. Yes, we sir. appreciate your time. This is myself and Sean Stevens signing out. <laughs> <laughs>